This sermon is titled My Mind Part 2 Concentration Distractions Wandering Be enriched as you listen We've been doing this sermon series on my mind and mental health just talking about how the word of God addresses this whole area of our mind our emotions and how God can work in us through his word uh to address some of the challenges we may be facing in this area so last sunday in the introductory message we talk about the mind the imagination and mental health just a few things as a way of introduction uh today we'll be talking about concentration distractions and wandering addressing that and next week we'll talk about temptations addictions deceptions addressing that and the weeks to come we'll talk about controlling your thoughts Uh, renewing your mind overcoming negative thoughts and maintaining a positive mindset or several uh, aspects or areas of our mind that we want to address from the word of god and god will minister to us strengthen us in this area just to quickly uh, reinforce a certain few things that we mentioned last sunday our objective is to learn from the word of god how to overcome the challenges that we all face in the area of our minds. So you see we said that God is the one who created our minds. He created the soul, the mind, the will, the emotions, our ability to reason and think and visualize and imagine. All of these capacities were given to us by God. Now of course as we journey through life some of these things are, you know, uh hurt or affected or uh disturbed in certain ways how do we see that restored and how do we grow in these areas by the word of god we want to take a biblical approach uh to finding solutions in these areas so finding answers in this area so that's what we're doing i want to recall one verse of scripture that we saw last sunday first thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23 let's read it out loud together please let's go now May the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely and may your spirit and soul and body be kept complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the God of peace is at work in each of our lives sanctifying every part of our being that includes So we're talking we're focusing on the soul the mind the will the emotions the intellect that aspect of us so God sanctifies us the word sanctify means to make holy so i like to say this often and i encourage you to say that often that my mind is holy ground amen that our emotions our appetites our desires our affections are consecrated to god so i like to say that i like to say my my appetites my desires my emotions they are consecrated to god amen because my mind is holy ground god is at work in you and me sanctifying us he's making us holy in this area of the soul and he also makes us fully complete that means he makes us whole he brings us to a place of wholeness in the soul so yes we face challenges we face disturbances but god brings us to a place of wholeness in our soul and so god restores our soul psalm 23 verse 20 verse 3 a very well known verse he restores my soul let's say that together he restores my soul so that's what god does he restores our soul now How does God go about restoring our soul meaning making us whole making us well in our soul we must understand number 1 that God works that in us number 1 through his word that God's word brings about restoration in our soul so psalm 19 verse 7 the law let's read that the law of the lord is perfect restoring the So let's say together the law of the Lord is perfect restoring the soul the law of the Lord talking about God's word so as we expose our mind our thinking our emotions our appetites our desires our imaginations every aspect of our soul our mind to the word of God the word of God is restoring repairing making whole 
our soul, that, that the capacities of our mind, restoring them. So God works in us by His Word. But there's another way that God also works in us to bring about wholeness in our soul. That is by the Holy Spirit. The, the Spirit of God empowers us with a sound mind. And we are all familiar with this scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That means the Holy Spirit is working in you and me. And He doesn't fill us with fear. Opposite. He fills us with courage, with boldness, with confidence. So God has, if we put it in the affirmative, God has given each one of you and me, He's given us a spirit of boldness and of power, meaning ability, strength. I just think about it. Uh, if, if, and we'll talk about this next Sunday. When you are trying to overcome an addiction, many times in ourselves we feel weak. We feel incapable. I don't have the strength. But God has given you His Holy Spirit, who is a spirit of power. He gives you the ability to overcome. Amen? So you affirm that. That's the truth. That's the Word of God. God has given you a spirit of uh, he's not giving you a spirit of fear, so he's giving you a spirit of boldness and of power and of love and of a sound mind. Sound mind. Now, what is a sound mind? A sound mind, I like to say it like this a sound mind has a sound memory, a sound concentration, and a sound understanding. Amen. He's given us the spirit who empowers us with a sound mind. A sound memory, a sound concentration, and a sound understanding. So God works in us by His Holy Spirit, empowering us with a sound mind. Now, the, the word sound mind also is translated as self-discipline, as self-control. And all of those things are the expressions of a sound mind. You have a sound mind? Yes, there is self-discipline, there is self-control. So the Holy Spirit empowers us in this manner. Do you believe that the God who created your mind can do that in your life? Or is God saying, I created something that I don't understand? <laughs> Come on. The God who created your mind knows how to empower your mind so that you, can you and I can have self-control, can have soundness in our mind, and, and, and use it rightly. Amen? Now, today, we're going to talk about Concentration. Concentration. And uh, I want us to just address that, understand the problems, and then see how God has given us a way to address this problem. So, concentration is, is simply focused attention on a certain subject or a certain matter for an extended period of time. It is the ability to cut off both internal and external distractions. Sometimes we are our own biggest distractor. We are thinking, oh, we want to just let our mind wander. And so we need the, the ability to focus our attention on something or a period of time so that you know, we can accomplish something. And the problem is we live in a highly distracted world. Highly distracted. I mean, we've made technological advances, but some of the products of those technological advances are weakening our own capacity to think. We all have a mobile phone. We have the internet. We have so many things. But these keep interrupting us. So that our capacity to focus our attention on something for an extended period of time is actually being weakened on a daily basis because we allow ourselves to be so distracted. That means we are not strengthening our capacity for concentration. But we are consistently weakening our own ability to pay attention to something. So 
uh, we are highly distracted. We are living in a highly distracted world. But think about what happens when our concentration, uh, you know, uh, and then sometimes our mind just wanders. You know, we refer to it as uh, ambient neural activity. It's just wandering. It's doing stuff. It's reconfiguring, reconnecting, and, you know, just doing things uh, that, that sometimes we don't even control. It's reprocessing things. And you just allow mind wander. Now, just some of these statements may sound familiar to many of us. After I read two or three pages, I find my mind wandering on other things. And I don't remember what I've been reading. Or, I sit down to pray, and that's the moment my mind fills up with all the things I need to do for home, for kids and work. Or my mind wanders when I'm listening to presentations or attending to lectures, and I often miss what is being said. The important things just are missed. Did you attend the lecture? Yes, I did. Did you learn something? few things. Remember he said this? Did he say it? That was a time mind was off somewhere else. We missed that important point. Or something very familiar to all of us. My eyes and ears are directed towards pastors preaching, but my thoughts are busy planning out what I'm going to spend, how I'm going to spend the rest of my day. You're all looking at me like this. I don't know if you're paying attention. <laughs> or I tend to spend my time and energy on small stuff, but uh, I avoid all the more labor-intensive, mentally labor-intensive things. So what happens? We try to do all the easy things. We fill up our world with that. We're supposedly busy, but what we're doing is we're intentionally avoiding the things that actually require a lot of attention. And those are the things that are actually more important many times. Because we're afraid we can't concentrate on those things. So we avoid those things. But you know, concentration is so important in our lives. Those of us who are students, you know, we know if you have to study for an exam or learn your things, your subjects, you need to concentrate. For, our, for those of us who are at work, depending on what we're doing, uh, it may require extended hours of concentration. And the lack of this, concentration problems, can result in hours of wasted time. Just gone. What did you do with that time? I don't know. My mind was busy doing what? Wandering. It can uh, make us inefficient at work. That means what could have been done in two hours of concentrated effort because of all the interruptions we take, four hours, six hours, sometimes eight hours, just to do that. We become inefficient. We find it difficult to think through problems because sometimes some problems require extended thought and processing of information and analyzing and logic and reasoning. And so we don't arrive at solutions or we at best arrive at a solution that is suboptimal. Uh, we uh, are unable to handle complicated tasks. We end up making careless mistakes uh, resulting in pure quality of work. So I'm just trying to remind us of the importance of concentration. Now, as a side note, the Bible tells us, and we will be addressing this in, in, in a subsequent sermon, the Bible tells us in 1 Peter 2.11, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul. 1 Peter 2.11. Stay away from fleshly lusts, because they war against the soul. Now, fleshly lusts, giving ourselves into indulging in evil desires, evil things, they are actually creating conflicts against our own soul. They are fighting against our own soul. And a typical example, you know, a, a person who is indulging in pornography, he sits down, he or she may sit down to do something, and the mind is already disturbed, can't concentrate. Well, what are you doing? You're indulging in something that is actually going to war against your own soul. So you're creating more problems for yourself by that. So the Bible says, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul. You're creating your own enemies that are disturbing you mentally, emotionally, and so on. Keep that thought in mind. We'll pick it up in, a, in, a, in subsequent weeks. 
So what we want to do is today learn how to engage with the Word of God and with the Holy Spirit to address this area of concentration, a problem that many of us face, or you know, technically you call it an attention deficit. How do we address that? What is interesting is that when we look into the Scripture, God introduced a practice for His people, even in the Old Testament, which today we recognize has tremendous benefits to address this problem of concentration. And in the Bible, it's called meditation. Meditation. A meditation in God's words does have tremendous spiritual benefit. But a byproduct, a side effect is it's going to strengthen our ability to concentrate. Are you with me? So I want us to understand the biblical approach to meditation. Now, I'm not doing, we're not going to do a thorough study of meditation right now. We have an APC book that's called God's Word, the Miracle Seed. And in that book, we detail biblical meditation. And so I encourage you to read it. But there are many scriptures in the Old New Testament when the Bible talks about meditate. Meditate in God's Word. So we understand, you know, all of you have a quiet time, spend some time in the Word of God, yeah, uh, read, yes, but what do you do? Take five, five minutes. Five minutes is better than nothing. But I want to encourage you to develop this practice of meditation, meditation in God's Word. It's in the Bible. So, in the book, in the APC book, uh, God's Word, the Miracle Seed, I summarize meditation with these three uh, steps or part of the process, which I will mention here, but today I want to introduce something different. But just to review that, we mentioned meditation as having these three elements. One is contemplation. To contemplate means to think deeply about something with focused attention, contemplation. Meditation also involves visualization. That means imagine it. Paint a picture of it on the canvas of your imagination. God gave you and me our imagination, our, our ability to visualize. So meditation involves visualization. And meditation involves confession. It simply, the, the Hebrew word there simply means to mutter, to say to oneself, to speak softly. So, three parts of meditation. Contemplation, visualization, and confession. So, how did they practice it in Bible times? And you might see some pictures you know, of the Jewish people. They put on this prayer shawl to cut out all distraction. And they have this little prayer book, scripture in it, and they will be in a standing posture or in a kneeling posture. Sometimes you see them before the wall uh, 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 like this with a prayer shawl, with a book. And they rock back and forth, reciting, repeating scripture. So all these three aspects are involved. Contemplation, their focused attention on that scripture or prayer. They cut off all distraction with the shawl. There's no distraction. And visualization, you are seeing yourself in the word and the word being, the, the word being played out in your life. And you're saying it. Are you with me? Now, today we will extend this a little bit because I would like to break that contemplation part further down to talk about attention and inclination. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 to 22. Are you all with me so far? Are you still contemplating on it? <laughs> Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 to 22, please. Let's read it. God says, My son, pay attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. 
They are not to escape from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their body. Notice how, you know, the Word of God is healing to a whole person, a whole body. But what are the instructions God is giving us? And we will, uh, you know, bring them out in simple words. Number one, attention. He says, pay attention to my words. Attention. And it's your focus now is on the word. Pay attention. Second, inclination. Now, I'm using the word inclination. It's not in, in, you know, it has multiple meanings. Not, not in the sense of desire, but I'm talking about in the sense of leaning towards he says, incline your ear to my sayings. That means lean away from distractions, lean toward what I'm speaking. Inclination. Then there is visualization. Don't let it depart from your eyes. What eyes is he talking about? Natural eyes? Obviously not. You and I cannot be walking around like this all the time. You're going to have an accident. So he's not talking about naturalize. Don't let them depart from your eyes. I mean the eyes of your mind, your inner eyes. So how can you keep seeing the word because you paint it on the canvas of your imagination because you're visualizing that word. You're seeing yourself in the word and the word being played out in your life. Don't let it depart from before your eyes. Next, assimilation. Keep them in the midst of your heart. You're assimilating it. It's becoming part of you. And in the process of assimilation, it's going to dislocate. It's going to discard things that are opposite to what the truth says. Assimilation. And to this we add the word confession. And, and uh, from other scriptures. So, meditation in these five steps. I've broken contemplation down in two. Number one, let's recap. Attention, inclination, visualization, visualization, assimilation, and confess. Let's repeat it again. <laughs> Make sure we all got it. Attention, focus on the word. Focus on the word. Inclination. Cut off all the distractions. Lean over to what God is saying. Third, visualization. See that word. Use the imagination. You see, later on we will learn we have to cast down wrong imaginations. If you fill your mind with the right kind of imaginations, when the wrong kind of imagination comes, it'll say, sorry, no landing grounds. But how do you create those right imaginations in your mind from the Word while you're meditating. Number four, assimilation. Say, God, I take this as truth. All the wrong ideas that I've been having, I'm rejecting it out of my mind. I'm assimilating your Word. And number five, I speak it to myself. You see, when you speak the Word over yourself, it's so powerful. The psalmist, you find many things in the Bible. The psalmist said, why are you cast down, O my soul, hope in God? He's talking to his own, his own soul. In our modern day, they call it self-talk. But it's in the Bible, it's old talk. Right? <laughs> why are you cast down, O my soul, hope in God? Or the psalmist said, bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me. He's encouraging his own soul. He's speaking the word over his own mind, his own emotions, over his own soul. So, you speak the word. Amen? So, meditation in the word is so powerful. Because, like we said earlier, when you and I meditate in the word, the word transforms us. The entrance of his words give light. We are cleansed through the word. We are renewed through the word. The word of God brings tremendous benefit. But a byproduct is, you are strengthening your capacity to concentrate. Because you cannot meditate without concentration. Part of meditation is you're focusing your attention. 
You're cutting off distractions. You're developing that ability in yourself, in your mind, to meditate. When you meditate in the Word of God, you're concentrating. Your attention is on the Word. Your inclination is there. Your all distraction cut off. Your imagination is engrossed in it. And your truth is filling you. All the wrong ideas, untruths, wrong truth, or wrong things are being cast out. You're assimilating it. Are you with me? So, we're going to practice it right now. We'll pick three verses. Psalm 1, 1, 2, 3. Just three verses. Don't worry if you can meditate in all three verses. You know, we probably will not get past even the first part of verse 1. But try this out, right? Psalm 1, 1 to 3. Uh, it's up on the screen. You know, uh, we just read the whole, uh, we read all three verses, then I'll give us a few minutes to just practice this. It says, Blessed is the person who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and whatever he does, he prospers. Now, we're going to meditate in these three scriptures. Start with verse 1. If you want to meditate in verse 3, that's fine. No, it's okay. Which are part of it? But this, just take, take this short portion of scripture and apply these things. Number one, attention. So, you're not thinking about lunch. Attention is on Psalm 1, 1 to 3. Okay? Lunch will be taken care of. Don't worry. <laughs> now your attention here. Inclination. That means you're leaning away from other things, leaning towards this, this scripture, this, these verses. Third, visualization. As you're reading, imagine what you are reading. Okay? We will... We'll take a quiz after. No, no. <laughs> what did you imagine? <laughs> no, imagine it. You know, each one of us as it's relevant to us, right? And then you assimilate it. That means maybe there was a wrong idea in your mind. Maybe there's a wrong thought there. And now you're saying, okay, I'm getting rid of that wrong thought in order to embrace, assimilate what I'm reading from the Word. And then just say it to yourself. Can we do that? Just one or two minutes. Just, just do that. The, the scriptures on the screen, or you can read it from your Bible in front of you. Take this minute, a uh, minute or two, and then we will move forward. Those of you watching online, please do the same thing uh, in the, for the next minute or two, please. Okay, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Don't consider me as a distraction. <laughs> We're going to finish the message. So, try to reflect on what happened in your mind. Maybe for some of you, you started with the word blessed. And you got stuck there. It's okay. And you're thinking, blessed is the person. Oh, what does a blessed person look like? And you're thinking about yourself in that. What would my life look like as a blessed person? Right? And, and you let that, that, just the first part, blessed is the person. Oh, what will a blessed person look like? What would I look like if I was that blessed person? 
And if you were a student, you'd think of 100, you know, 100 on every subject or whatever is blessed for you. Right? Somebody else, when they think about blessed is the person. Oh, how, what would my life look like if I was blessed like this? Blessed is a person. Now, if you didn't get past that, perfectly fine. It's okay. God is not angry. You are meditating in His Word. Now, some of you may have gone to the next part. Blessed is the person who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Counsel of the ungodly. And then immediately you're thinking, you know, oh, I have friends around me and they are giving me this kind of counsel. They're giving me this kind of advice. They're not believers. But the Bible is telling now, I must not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. What are they counseling me? I shouldn't be following that. You see, so what is happening as you're meditating in that word, it is transforming you spiritually. Are you understanding this? And in the process, you are also developing your ability to concentrate. You're strengthening that capacity. Right? The, the primary result of meditation is the transformation of your person spiritually. But a byproduct is you're strengthening your mental faculties, your cognitive abilities to concentrate, to think, to visualize, to imagine, to reason, to focus, all these things are so important. But God gave it to us in the Old Testament a long time ago. And he said, meditate in my word. Amen. And this is so beautiful. And this is how we receive revelation. I remember, and I shared this in the 8 o'clock service as well. I remember there was one time when... I, you know, in my, I read the Bible sequentially, so I, I, it was turned from time for me to start the Gospel of Mark. I came to Mark chapter 1, verse 1. Very simple verse. This Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Very simple, short scripture. But the moment I read it, I felt the presence of God. And I sat on that verse for the next half an hour. And in my mind's eye, I began to visualize this Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Who is this person? I went back into time before everything was created and, and began to envision, visualize Jesus, the eternal word, and how the conversation would have happened between God the Father, God the Word, and God the Son in order to create. Because the Bible says He created everything. He finished His work before He began. That means Everything was designed in the mind of God even before the first stroke of creation. And so I was there. So the next day I came, I opened my Bible, Mark chapter 1, verse 1. This, this gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the presence of God just overwhelmed me. I was in tears for the next 30 minutes. I was just meditating in that one verse. And this continued for at least four days. So if you came and asked me, what did you read today? I read one verse. So pastor is backslidden, finished. <laughs> You read only one verse today. You're supposed to read three chapters. Well, I couldn't get past that verse. You see, meditation. It's not how much you read. It's how the word transforms you when you read or meditate in it. And out of that came the, that year's Christmas sermon. You know, the Son of God, I think it was on December 25th, I preached. But where did that message come from? In that time of meditation. I have to meditate in the Word. So it's so beautiful. Take time. Don't be in a hurry to... I mean, yes, you can read scripture like a book, a story book. You know, if you want to, that's fine. But God called us to meditate in His Word. Take time to do it. Are you with me? Now, connected to that is the work of the Holy Spirit. I'll just mention this to you. I won't delve into it. We won't, don't have time. But, you know, we, we said that the Holy Spirit also renews our mind. And one of the ways I practice this is applying concentration when praying in tongues. You see, when you're praying in tongues, the Bible says, our spirit prayers, but our understanding is unfruitful. That means your mind is not engaging in that prayer. 
Because that prayer is given to you by the Holy Spirit and you are speaking it. And your mind is not involved. So your mind is free. And that is the time you can concentrate your mind on something. Whether it's a scripture, whether it is a revelation that the Holy Spirit is giving you while you're praying in tongues, or uh, the, the, the focus of your prayer, you can focus your mind, you can concentrate your mind uh, uh, on that. So that's the second way I practice concentration. So I'm praying in tongues. I may spend half an hour, one hour, two hours, three hours, four hours. It's okay. You see, for just, just praying in tongues. Now, the longest I've done is like at least eight hours, just, just praying non in tongues. Of course, I take my drink water breaks and bathroom breaks, but otherwise, just pray in tongues. Spend, spend eight hours just praying in tongues. So many of us struggle. How can you pray for so long? Well, God gave you a way to pray. It's called praying in tongues. So you pray, spend that. So for what, what are you going to do with your mind for two hours, three hours, four hours, when your mind is not involved in the prayer? You concentrate with your mind on the scripture, on what God is giving to you. So, while you are praying in tongues, your mind is focused and you're receiving revelation. Are you with me? You know, just recently, I, I, I was praying and, and suddenly I began to see a certain aspect in the Word of God uh, that I'd never even seen before. And then, after that, somebody came to meet me in the office and they were talking about their problem. And I just told them what I received as a revelation from the word. I'm not telling you what it is. But, and that person said, I've never heard it like that before. And I had to tell her, even I didn't hear it. <laughs> but it was, it, was, it was a new insight that came while you are, you're praying in tongues, but you're engaging with the word in your mind. Are you understanding? We'll get into... Uh, deeper on this some other time, but practice it, try it out. So God has already given us these abilities to, you know, to uh, engage our mind in very meaningful ways, whether it's through the Word or while you're praying in the Spirit, and it all strengthens your cognitive abilities. I want to close with this. Uh, I want to talk about the practical side. So deep work and healthy habits for the mind. So there is the spiritual side, which we talked about. Meditation in God's Word and concentration when you're praying in tongues. Now the other side, the practical side. Deep work. Uh, Cal Newport is a, a, a professor of computer science in Georgetown University. And around 2016, he wrote this book, which became a bestseller, uh, called Deep Work. And he came out with some very basic ideas. And I just want to mention a few things uh, that he said. Now, this is not Christian. This is practice, right? He said, deep work is the ability to focus without distraction on a cognitively demanding task. And uh, professional activities are basically performed like this. And it is deep work that creates new value that improves your skill, which is hard to replace. So, in order to produce the best that we can, he says, we need deep work. And he calls it the superpower of the 21st century. Because, he says, in this, you know, uh, in this highly distracted world, the ability to, deep to do deep work becomes a very rare skill because everybody is so distracted. So developing this ability to concentrate, to do deep work, is going to become a premium, something increasingly rare and increasingly valuable. And so we need to improve our ability to concentrate intensely and to overcome our desire for distraction. So what are some practical things? Number one, sleep well. Not now, but sleep well at night. <laughs> sleep deprivation can, you know, of course, make it difficult to concentrate. Tune out distractions. So when you sit down to do some work, just turn off the phone. The world will not fall apart if you don't answer the call if you don't respond to the message. Turn it off. 
get off line. So these are things which are good, but they have become big distractions for us. So keep your phone aside. In fact, you won't believe this. My phone is on silent mode all the time. It's not silent. Never. It's very rare I put it on. You very rare it tings or rings. It's on silent mode 24-7. Because it is not going to tell me when to check it. I will check it when I want. It's not the boss. I'm the boss. You got it? Amy Tessa, I don't know. My phone's always on silent mode. So if you call me and I don't answer, it's because I'm not there. I'm doing deep work. <laughs> I'm doing something. I want to concentrate. I don't want to dis be disturbed. So the phone is not going to dictate things to me. Right? So tune off, turn off these distractions. Avoid multitasking. You know, sometimes we think, wow, I can multitask. But you know, your brain cannot multitask. It only switches between tasks. And every time it switches, there's a residue on the previous task. It is not 100% on the new task. It takes a while to switch completely to the new task. So you're really not giving 100% to your new task. So don't do multitask. Do it one at a time. Set up a routine. You know, if every morning you get up, spend time with God, your whole being is ready for that undevoted, uh, undisturbed devotion time to God. So set up a routine. Take a break. Our mind gets tired. Our ability to constantly get tired. So just go for a walk. Do something that you like doing. Uh, time box. That means you set aside a certain no, amount of time to do intensive work. Whenever you are best, whatever, whenever you're good at. So if mornings are good for you, you block out that three, four hours in the morning to do really mentally intensive tasks. When I sit down to write a book, that's it. That time, I'm not answering anything. I want to focus 100%, working on that, thinking through it, and, and a beautiful flow of ideas and thoughts, and, and you feel so good after the three, four hours of deep work, of intensive work. You feel satisfied. You've done something useful. But then you need a time box. Keep that time aside. No distractions. Do the work you're supposed to do. Avoid information overload. There's only so much we can process. Clear your head. If, if you find your mind is overworking on certain things, clear it out. How do you clear it out? Write it down or do it. Two ways to get it out of your mind. Do it or write it down. So you're clearing your head from all these different things. It, it needs to do. And then other things like exercise and eat healthy and music. Worship team, please come. So, what did we talk about today? We talked about concentration. Because the lack of concentration is a big problem. Attention deficit is a big problem in today's world because of how highly distracted uh, a world we are in. But God has already placed in His Word meditation a long time ago. He said, you practice it. Today we are understanding meditation helps your concentration. It helps develop and strengthen this ability. And so, if you and I as believers who love God, who love His Word, will meditate in His Word, we get the spiritual benefits, plus we get the benefit of strengthening our mental faculties. And when you're praying in tongues, engage your mind in a very focused manner on, on either the word or the prayer objective that you're going after or letting God speak revelation to you at your, while you're praying in tongues. So you're training your mind, your brain, even when you are praying in tongues. So God's given this to us I want to encourage us, all of us, to practice this. Amen? So when you're reading your Bible, whatever portion you're reading, meditate on it. Even if it's half a verse, it's okay. No, but God is not asking you how many verses you read today. He's taught us to meditate in His Word. But you focus on it. You practice these five things. Attention. Inclination, visualization, assimilation, and 
confession. Practice that as you meditate in the word and see how beautiful it is for yourself, spiritually, as well as emotionally. Amen? Let's please rise to our feet and let our worship team lead us for a few moments. Through the shadows, burn. 
Thank you, God. I'm going to just take a moment to pray right now for, for those of us who need God to do a work in our soul, in our mind. And if you want to, I'm not saying you have to, but if you want to, just put your hand on your mind. And then we're just going to say a few words, and I want to just speak over us. Let's say this together. God works in me making me holy and making me whole in my soul my mind my will my emotions are consecrated to God they are holy the Holy Spirit gives me a sound mind a sound memory a sound concentration and a sound understanding in the name of Jesus I expel every unclean spirit that's gained control over my thoughts my imaginations in Jesus name I expel every spirit of distraction every spirit of confusion and I declare my mind is strong my mind is alert my mind is sound in Jesus name Amen Amen Father I thank you that as your people we develop Lord a strong and a healthy mind a holy mind that our thoughts, our emotions, our appetites, our imaginations are holy and consecrated as holy grounds. And we invite the Holy Spirit to give us ideas, to give us visions, to give us dreams, to give us revelation, to inspire us, to inspire our imaginations. So that each one of us, Lord, can do wonderful things for the kingdom of God. Come, Holy Spirit, fill our minds, our reasoning, our thoughts, our understanding, our imaginations. And let many things be inspired and released through us. To bless our world, to glorify Jesus, and to advance the kingdom of God. So work through each of us, Lord. Let our minds be awake for your works, for what you want done. May we bless people with it. We thank you. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, our Heavenly Father, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each of us always. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening. We trust this message was a blessing to you. For more free resources, including sermons, sermon notes, and books, please visit apcwo.org. For information on APC Bible College in Bangalore, visit apcbiblecollege.org. Do remember to download the All People's Church Bangalore app from the Apple or Google Play Store.